We welcome Anthony Mackay Brown to the show, otherwise known as Test Drive. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. It's hot. It's really hot and sweaty and I'm um, literally kind of just sat in my bedroom kind of like fanning myself at the moment. But I think we complained there's been too much rain over the year and now they've come back to come back to bite us in the backside, isn't it? But hopefully I'll be able to go outside soon and enjoy myself now that the um, the restrictions have been reduced. Kaz is uh, Kaz has got her ice poles out so she's uh, she's fully equipped today uh, for today's interview yeah i have to i am you i mean you say you, you're like you're sweating i am sweating my tits off they are they are almost they're almost ready to drop they're almost gone that's how hot is, i am because this is why mine are in a, in a, in a tesco carrier bag on the side by the side of my bed yeah. now <laughs> I, just I, I don't know what's gonna off. happen if, if it falls out it's gonna go in the street i'm never gonna find it again i'm not gonna i'm just gonna have one pit on my body by the time i get home and i'm like well, what the frig happened to that yeah, it's oh. not good, is it? <laughs> Just melting slowly. Thank, thanks, yeah, thanks for I that am. little bit of uh, little bit of information. Right. There, Just Cheers. Picture my tips there, Chris. I know you love it. So, Anthony, um, can you tell us uh, the story or meaning behind your drag name, Test Drive? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I used to have a different drag name. So I used to be uh, Lady Windsor Rose. Well, it was Windsor Rose originally, and then I became Lady Windsor Rose when I moved to Bristol four years ago because I wanted to kind of have like this, I wanted it to be like like Lady Tara Palmer Tompkins, like this 80s kind of like party girl. Kind of became this older, serious woman who did show tunes only. Mm-hmm. And I found myself kind of like in ball gowns doing musical theatre numbers, which is fine. It's just not what I wanted to do. Um, it, like, so I wanted something a bit more fresh, a bit younger. Um, I'm only, I, I say I'm only 34, seriously. You've got like children of like 16 doing drag these days and I feel ancient. But I'm 34, <laughs> not 54. And I felt like I was kind of being pigeonholed into a older bracket of drag than what I wanted to do. Okay. So I wanted to say a bit more tongue-in-cheek. And someone said to me that I drive them wild. And I, it kind of clicked. I was at, take me for a test drive. And I was at, well, I was at, there's the name. I was at Test Drive, the girl who will drive you wild, but doesn't have a license. Like, literally, I've never had a driving lesson. So the irony is not lost on me that. That, that was actually going to be one of our questions. We're going <laughs> to ask you, uh, do you have a driving license? And I do not, no. The only thing I drive is the audience wild. So There we go. There we go. But, um, do you know what? We, we, yeah. have, we have so much in common. We have so much in common because I am also 34. I drive people wild. And I also do not have a driving license. You could be test like, drive, you, literally, with just... A, with a cheap outfit and some blue eyeshadow, you could be test drive. Uh, please feel free. Try it. <laughs> we, do you know what we could do? Like an opposite. I could do like a drag king and like I could come up with some alternative name. We could have what like could a double act going on. Yeah. What could we call you? Yeah. Uh, yeah what you could, could you call me? Um, if you were, if you'd you were be drag the queen. Drive and I'd be. Yeah. I got a few names I could think of. Yeah, I bet you do, Chris. <laughs> I, I've always, yeah, I know. I've always said if I had a drag daughter, I'd like her to be called Tyra Pressure. There we go. That's a good one. <laughs> there That's you a good go. One. We like that. One. If you met somebody that had never seen your drag before, what would you say to them to sum it up? Uh, encourage them to take your show for a test drive. Oh, test drive. There we go. Uh, so, test is a bit of a wild child. Uh, as I said, you know, I went from being pigeonholed as a kind of fifty-year-old standing, stand and sing to crazy dance routines, comedy lip syncs, live music still. And if you come to my shows, you come to laugh. You come for the fun, stay for some crazy attitudes and crazy dance routines. I will drive you to insanity. And yes, the pun is there, was intentional. I will drive you insane. <laughs> you do a bit of stand-up then? Um, I do a bit of observational humour, I think is what I would call it. I don't think stand-up okay. is um, is really my gig. Yeah, I always start with being very, very self-depreciating um, and then move on to the audience and go from there. Like, not insult comedy, I'm not that clever, but, you know, uh, for example, I had a show once and I said to the woman, I said, what do you do for a living? Should I don't work? My husband does. So I just called it out and for the entire show. I was go. like, too posh to work, too posh to work. Down and Abbey, down and Abbey, down and Abbey. I mean, nobody works in Down and Abbey, do you know what I mean? But it seemed right at the time. I'd had a lot of run that night. Tell us a little bit about yourself, the non-drag you. Uh, so if you want to know a bit more about Anthony, uh, I think there are some similarities with her, obviously, because she is part of me. You know, I like to laugh. I love to dance. I love to sing. 
Um, I love to act the fool. I love to make people laugh. Uh, but I'm definitely a lot more reserved than Tessa is. I take things to heart quite badly. I'm quite emotional. Um, I overthink things to the point where it emotionally cripples me. I'm pretty much in fear of everything, uh, whereas Tess is pretty much fearless. I suffer quite badly with body confidence. I've got psoriasis all over my body and it affects my mental health, my physicality, my romantic relationships. Sometimes I feel really ugly, lethargic, depressed, uh, out of drugs because of how I look, because of how my skin is and how uh, like it cracks and bleeds and flakes. Uh, however, I tend to just kind of forget all that when I'm in drag. As uh, my key focus is there to entertain, so it gives me confidence. For me, I want to make skin conditions normal more than that. I want to make them. I want to make them sexy and drag. Uh, but outside of drag, I'm definitely a lot more reserved. I'm, I want to say calm, but I'm not that calm, as you can probably tell from my voice. I'm quite erratic, uh, eccentric. I think is the word. I'm definitely okay. an eccentric Brit. Seems to me like your your alter ego from your um, your drag persona has actually helped you with your own personality and helped you um, sort of become more confident and deal with some stuff in your own life. I think that's what drag is. So I think it is uh, when you start doing drag, you take the bits of yourself that you don't necessarily like, and you can hide them with makeup, or you can cover them in a wig or a costume, clever contouring like body contouring or padding. If you you know if you're too thin or you're too boxy, you can pad it you can corset pop a heel on um you can take those bits of your personality those bits of your character that you kind of maybe don't find desirable and put them in a little box just for a little while and kind of forget about them for a little bit it, it's insane honestly the amount of confidence and the amount of change that happens when you do drag it does it does seem like something that would be very liberating that it would open you up yeah. i know exactly what you mean i think it is very very liberating i think the whole concept of either not to say even changing gender because we have you know afab queens um you know and folk kings i guess um is another way to say drag is for anyone anyone can do it uh, doesn't mean everyone can do it well um as, you know exhibit a here um but you know anyone can do it and i think that it can transform you and it can be as you said incredibly liberating to see yourself a different way and I think that's definitely what it is it's definitely seeing yourself in a completely different way it's almost as if you can reinvent yourself and that you know I mean like when a kid goes to a new high school and they totally like make up a bunch of shit about themselves and it kind of makes them feel a bit more confident because they're a bit worried about fitting in <laughs> no I told everyone Martin the cousin totally. of my cousin at school to tend to try and fit in she's not um but yeah, I don't is know this why. your way of telling people? Is this your your moment now? This is your moment. This is my per- this is my perfect <laughs> moment. Absolutely, how embarrassing! Tell everyone, uh, <laughs> tell everyone that you get your cousin. You're going to tag a bunch of people you went to high school with just to say this ain't true. Yeah. They clocked him within a week. Seriously, they clocked me oh, within wow. a week. To answer your question, it is about being able to, you know, like you said, start you know start afresh, have that alter ego. Um, like you said, you know, get to school and kind of like changing yourself and not necessarily being yourself anymore. Because it's still you, obviously. It's still, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's your it's your leg, it's your arm, it's your mouth, it's your head. But the voice that comes out of you, you know, that confidence, you know, that stance, the way you hold yourself, the way you present yourself to the public when in drag is completely different. I've known people that are super, super shy and then they get on stage and it's literally as if it's a different human being. Like, you wouldn't even say they were the same person. It's just like flicking a a switch, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So what made you start doing drag? So I'm an ex-professional dancer. Uh, That's what I studied at university. Um, I left after a year and got a job. And six days in, I damaged both my knees and had to retire super early, which was devastating for me because... That's something, you know, I've been dancing since I was like a child. Mm. And this is something that my life had kind of worked up to. This is what I was going to do. I was going to be a dancer for however long. I was going to be a dancer until my, you know, and, until I couldn't any longer. But yeah, because of that injury, like, I'm so used to kind of being able to kind of like watch what I eat. But if I eat something that I want, you know, I have like a bit of chocolate because I'm dancing every day, it's going to, you know, it's, it's going to come off. And because of that, like, my weight just ballooned and then my mental health plummeted because I felt ugly. Now, that's not me saying that I think bigger people are ugly, far from it. I, you know, I think, so I think, you know, big is beautiful. But when you've been dancing your entire life and your relationship with food has been for fuel, not necessarily enjoyment, and whatever you ate would just kind of fall off you and then suddenly it doesn't and suddenly you're putting weight on it. And when you look in the mirror, you don't recognise the person there anymore. 
you go to very, very, you know, your mind goes to some very, very dark places very, very quickly. And it was horrible for me. Absolutely horrible. And all I wanted to do again was just perform because performing is what makes me happy. That's what I'm good at. And the only thing I knew how to do was sing. I knew how to sing because I'm a performer and I can sing. And so I was like, well, okay, but if I can't dance, I'm going to sing. Mm. Uh, so I started singing and I started singing on things like YouTube and um, singing, just doing like posting some singing videos here and there. I mean, this is obviously Facebook was in its infancy when I started. I don't think videos were even on Facebook when I first started singing. Um, but it was on things like MySpace and stuff, and I'd like do like recordings and stuff of me singing and so on and so forth. And then my friend was having a MySpace. I, I'm old. I said, I'm 34. Do you mean I remember MySpace? My, I was on MySpace. I tell you what, I was on something before MySpace and all. Like that is ancient, I was, isn't it? I was on we're Face old. Party, we're MySpace, old. and Bebo. <laughs> So yeah, my friend was having a burlesque but a uh, party, and I joked that I'd go as Cher. So I meant like the film burlesque, uh, the Cher and Christina Aguilera film. And um, I said, well, I'll go as Cher. So I thought, you know, I'll say it. Of course, then word spreads like wildfire that Anthony's going to go as Cher. And, you know, you have to come to this party because, oh, my God, Anthony's going to be there as Cher. And I thought, well, I can't really not do that now because there's an expectation. So I went as Cher. I got so much positive attention. This is like first time in drag. Do you know what I mean? So we're talking, there was a tiny little super drug eyelash that, you know, they were barely on there. Seriously, no, no, no mascara. Like we're talking like, what, like latch glue on the end. So they were kind of like pointing in two different directions. There was a frost pink lip gloss there was some lilac eyeshadow right the way to my to my boy brows wow. uh, a bit of blush and then old alice cooper wig that i found from somewhere and i was wearing my sister's old prom dress and some stripper heels i could barely walk in because you know busted knees but i felt powerful and i felt i had not felt that powerful in ages so i started doing videos of me singing and drag online i mean i've deleted most of them now i'm not sure if you typed in my name and like typed in videos you'd find some videos of me singing and drag somewhere i'm not saying do that we can, we can give it uh, a go we can give <laughs> it a go you're, you're saying that like you're saying that like you're not sure you know you know the stuff of your youtube come on own it <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the stuff that the stuff that I may have lost the password to for certain accounts and can't go back and delete now, which is the issue. But once my injuries started to heal and I could suddenly walk properly and I could walk in heels, I started transitioning my singing videos to singing and dancing performances and then getting them onto the stage or certain performance venues as and when I could. And you know, I'm from a small town and like those those performance venues are few and far between. Like they you know, there's not like you don't get like a regular drag gig in, you know, in Minehead where I'm from. Um, yeah, that's like 10 years ago. And now here we are 10 years later doing drag. I would consider doing it all right. Like, you know, I don't think I'm, like, you know, I'm not certainly, you know, America's next drag superstar, as it were, mainly because I'm English. Uh, but I'm certainly not where I was 10 years ago. Injury, depression, drag. Drag literally saved my life, probably. I mean, I, I, that's a bold statement to make, but there we go. Oh, no, I think that's really lovely. You watch that be the headline now of this of this whole podcast, Drag Saved My Life by Test Drive. Instead of like, um, a DJ saved my life, instead of that, a drag <laughs> yeah. saved my life. Very good, Cass. We'll definitely can include that little bit, you singing. It's <laughs> a good show. Go wild. I encourage, I encourage it actively. So you touched on how long you've been doing drag, so 10 years. Well, it's 10 years next year, I think. Um, like I lost count uh, but like, looking back at pictures I'm pretty sure 10 years in like March next year so I think we have to have a party for that what drag queen do you say you most compare yourself to well I mean I'm not one to compare myself to anyone if we're talking drag race and I know there's always comparisons because you see someone on TV you compare them to someone you know in real life it's like oh she's such a this one Oh, she's such an Alyssa. Oh, she's such a Bianca. Oh, she's such a whoever else. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's one of those questions I've been asked before and I couldn't answer. I mean, I'd say, obviously, we're talking drag race girls. I would say more from the dancer side yeah. and probably just from being a bit ditzy. I'd say I'm a bit Cheryl Hole-esque at times. Tongue pops and death drops and probably if I got on drag race, with no challenges. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, Miss Cracker uh, from the American season, I think she's on season 10. She influenced me a lot. Um, the kind of mixes and stuff that she does in her live performance have really inspired what I do when I started really kind of reinventing myself and wanting to do comedy mixes she's someone I looked to for inspiration because hers are 
beyond brilliant and just so clever. Musical theatre will always be my first love. So queens like Jean Monsoon, Jan, and Alexis Michelle from Drag Race as well. Okay. They're um, you know they're all musical theatre based queens. That's you know they're incredible singers. Uh, so I think that you know I would not necessarily compare myself to them, but they're people I definitely feel an affiliation with. It's a good good kind of mix in there though, isn't it? Pageant queen answer there, wasn't it? <laughs> I was wondering actually, do you watch Neighbours by any chance? Uh, Courtney Act's on it tomorrow, isn't she? I've only really just started getting back into it again, and I saw her yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, what's his name? Robinson was such a knob, and I was really angry. And then oh, tomorrow's the actual Pride episode. Yeah, he was such a dick. And uh, yeah, the actual Pride episode tomorrow, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I'll have a look at it. Like I said, I'm not, it's not something I really watch. I don't watch Neighbours. I do love the British soaps, so I don't watch Neighbours as much. But I literally, it was on in the background. I was like, I wanted to watch The Golden Girls, and then I literally, it came on the Neighbours on. I thought, well, I'll keep it on in the background while I'm working. And then I stopped working and started watching Neighbours. And I was like, because ah, they've got a trans character now, which I think is fantastic. It's about bloody time. Uh, yeah. Australian yeah. caught up. And she's beautiful, honestly. And it, she's such a good little actress also, as well. so proud of her. Do you know who, who, who plays her dad? And I was looking at this and I think, I bloody know that bugger. I know that actor. It's Matey that was in um, Strictly, Strictly Ballroom. The guy yeah. that was in Strictly Ballroom. That's her dad. Seriously, I watch all these programs in Australia and they use, they just use the same roster of actors, don't they? It's like after people are on well, Neighbours now, replaced. We're in prison cell block H. Do you know what I mean? They do. They all do the circuit, <laughs> the name. Like, sorry, Chris. <laughs> Chris is like so bored right now. Talking about soap. No, I'm 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 dead in interested in all the all the soap gossip. I love Courtney Act. Clearly, <laughs> clearly I'm clearly I'm the fountain of all soap knowledge. You, you or, are, yeah. Or something. 2008, I came third on ITV's Britain's number one soap fan, thank you, hosted by Bradley Wall. Wow. Just wow, that really? There. That sounds like a competition challenge if I ever heard one, Cass, for you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, Do you fancy going head-to-head? Emmerdale or oh, something? Oh, I, I, I'm you more than happy to go head-to-head, darling, any time. You can bring me back to that, I'm, absolutely. I'm an Emmerdale expert. I'm not an overall soap expert. How, are you, oh, how, how well do you do with Emmerdale? I do all right with Emmerdale, do you know what I mean? I do a bit here and there, but I'm more of a generalist and a specialist, do you know what I mean? But mm. <laughs> we could, uh, yeah, that's the next set of Yeah, questions. let's set it up, Chris. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that sounds, that Bring sounds it on, like bit. a plan. <laughs> so uh, who would you say is your inspiration? So drag or non-drag? Okay, uh, I mean, I'm probably more affiliated than like the non-drag side of it because my drag is from like me being obsessed with strong women um, who kill in their respective fields. Not like kill like Myra Hindley, but maybe like kill in their respective fields. <laughs> so people like, like Victoria Beckham, I'm obsessed and have been obsessed with Victoria Beckham since I was 11 years old. Like obsessed with her. Uh, so she is my like ride or die. She's my like number one. Uh, I love Anna Wintour. I think Anna Winter is incredible. The editor in chief of Bose, uh, trans model and activist Isis King, I think is incredible. Uh, Darcy Bustle, from a dance point of view, I love her. I think she's so beautifully graceful and um, just kind of like repping for people who are like over forty and still doing what you know, doing like their chosen thing. She's incredible. Mumro Bergdorf, uh, model, trans activist. Um, I met her years ago in a club in London and Death Drop. And if I'd known what, she, if I'd known them, what I know now about her. I've literally just picked, like, picked her brain for hours. She's incredible. Um, Otima Boutte is another dancer I absolutely adore. She's sitting from dancing. I think she's wonderful. Uh, Laverne Cox, the actress from Orange is the New Black. She, she's just done that, um, the Netflix um, disclosure. She's like, had the PC in that, which is incredible. Uh, Meryl Streep, obviously. I mean, what game man doesn't love Meryl Streep? Uh, Dua Lipa, I think, is killing it at the moment. She's someone I'm really kind of like, affiliating with as well. These people kind of inspire me daily. Uh, I love a lot of uh, strong soap, female soap characters as well. Uh, so women who have always kind of been through the ringer and come up fighting, but like Kat Slater, Peggy Mitchell, Kat Butcher, Leanne Battersby, uh, Charity Dingle, Sienna Blake, Bianca Jackson. But my absolute favourite at this moment in time is Linda Carter from EastEnders. Because she's just campus tits, uh-huh. isn't she? She's just campus tits. My current life motto is WWLD. So what would Linda do? So I'll ask myself in a night out when we could go out. WWLD. It started as a bit of a joke because she was netting the bottles of wine. And I was like, yeah, on a night out, I was like, well, what would Linda do? She had a bottle of wine. Then she became an alcoholic and it got a bit of a problem, so we stopped doing it. 
But yeah, like on a night out at WWLD, I like to get the shirt. Do you create um, your own wigs and dresses or do you have like some, I don't know, man that you keep in your loft and you only unlock him once a week to create your outfit? Hazel and Pompon, who are two people in Bristol, well, Hazel lives in Cardiff now, but they had a studio. Pompon still has the studio. She's a Bristol-based drag queen. And they taught me to sew. They, they you know, they took, put on these classes that were really, really useful. And I literally learned from scratch. And I got I got a sewing machine for Christmas this year. It's left the box three times. It might have been locked down for three months. And it's come out once. Uh, so I can follow a pattern. I can make a dress. Like I can make a simple dress. I can embellish a dress. I can make a hem. Um, and that, you know, this, that, and the other. But it's a bit more constructed. A lot of my stuff is very, very dance wear. So it's very stretched fabric. I like high neckline. I like to make sure the body's right. For that stuff, I work with um, Gowns by Goddess, which is a drag queen in Manchester. She's made a few pieces for me. I'm looking at them right now, and they are beautiful. And I will be collaborating with them on a few other pieces that we've been discussing recently, which I'm really excited to kind of get started and um, have them made. So I'm looking at having a full of outfit all in the same fabric. So it's kind of like almost like peeling off the layers. And that's something I'm really, really excited to kind of have. Uh, Wigs-wise, I always buy to be styled. I love a Brenda LeBeau wig. They're uh, always well styled. They're so set perfectly. I wish I could style a wig, but I'm just not that talented. I mean, I did cut a bob into a live Minnelli cabaret crop kind of like once using kitchen scissors for, for a pride gig uh, because I needed one. And I was like, ah, we'll just cut this and hope the best. And it turned out all right. Wow. So maybe <laughs> you could say that I'm a wig stylist. I'm definitely not that, that way. I'm definitely not a wig stylist. So what you're saying is you can't be asked to make your own and you just buy it online? That's what you're saying? No. What I'm saying is, is that is, is, is that if I find a piece that I like that's being sold and it's in my size, then I will buy it. There are skills I have and there are skills that I don't have and there are skills yeah. that I'm willing to learn and willing to kind of like develop. But if there's someone out there that's better than me and I'm helping them by paying for it and keeping them, you know, giving them money, then I feel like I'm keeping the economy taking over. And that is really where, you know, where mm. we're at, especially at the moment. Yeah, definitely. People like me buying, being lazy and buying stuff from other people rather than doing it myself. The economy needs that. So I'm happy to do my bit. I am lazy. I should I should learn with you. I just can't be bothered. How are you going to make your own bloody wig? Get a bunch of hair and start threading into a, into okay. a skull cap okay. thing. You buy, the, you, you buy the wig. You buy the wig and then style it. Do you know what I mean? But I've looked at some of the wigs that I've tried to oh, style okay. before. And it looked like... a. Like I've got two wigs next to each other on my wig head here. I've got one by Brenda LeBeau, which is like this huge, long, uh, just this big sculpted piece. And then you've got one next to, my, next to it that I try to style, and it looks like words of Gunnage. So I think I'll just get to pre-buy it, to buying them pre-styled, I think. Might be the best thing. So we talked a little bit about local. So who would your local favourite drag queen be? Apart from myself, obviously, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm not. Allowed, I'm not that shit <laughs> myself, am I? <laughs> I mean, I have two. I have two. Okay, so Miss Eva has always been one of my biggest champions. Uh, she is a friend of mine. She does so much for um, HIV and AIDS activism and work within the local community. Uh, working with the charities there and she runs the cabaret stage for Bristol Pride and as I said you know getting to work on that stage for me is a massive coup for me it's a huge honour it's a privilege and so she has to be up there for me in terms of what she does as activism and um, work within the community I think that's really really important and shouldn't go unnoticed or unrecognised in terms of favourite queen to go watch or to go uh, to look at uh, that's an easy one. Carmen Monoxide is one of our, my local heroes. She's gorgeous, gorgeous Amazonian. Oh, she's amazing. She's so talented. She has the most incredible voice and she writes her own music. Uh, she's always, always been a friend and a sister to me. I've never, ever had any reason to dislike her or to not trust her. Uh, and like I said, she's just beautiful. Like looking at her, it's like iPhone, do you know what I mean? I think iPhone is just like normal porn, isn't it? But like makeup porn, you know what I mean? It's just like, ooh. Like, she's just so beautiful to look. Uh, and like me, she could hold her own on a night out. Uh, I've got drunk with her many a times, and she's an absolute doll to go out with. She, <laughs> she makes me wet myself laughing. She's so funny, honestly. Um, but yeah, she's probably... Uh, Miss Beaver and Carmen Monoxide are the two that I would always say. The one said, who's your favourite? I'd say between those two. But different reasons. There we go. Awesome. You can put a few away, then. Can I put a few away? I can drink a litre and a half of rum on a night out. The most egg bombs I did on one night was for my 25th birthday, and I did 
18, I want to say, and then and, and, and left the pub still standing. That's some, uh, yeah, wow. that's some good going. I don't going. know if I should be worried or some impressed. some good going. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my mum and stepdad, my mum and stepdad are publicans. My father died of alcoholism, so it's in my blood quite literally. <laughs> There's a legacy. I mean, it's not a, it's not a good legacy. Yeah? It's just no, it's like no, a dark no. legacy, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we were talking about doing a bit of a Emmerdale challenge, so, you know, loser has to have a Jaeger, innit? I'll, I'll do the Jaeger. I ain't doing the bomb shite. Oh, no. Well, I'll just have the straight... No, do the Jaeger straight into caffeine to suck you up. So it makes it fizzy. It makes you feel yeah. better. Do the Jaeger straight down. That's right. Done. That's how you do 18 in one night. So do you have like a funny, strange, um, or maybe even a fad, like uh, coming out, like a, like a drag coming out? For me, I drag is performing. I've never had to come out as a performer. So coming out as a drag queen is like an alien concept for me. Like, I don't think it was ever an issue. I suppose I had to tell someone. You know, that long ago, I can't really remember. I think I just said to everyone, I'm doing drag now, and everyone went, all right. So like, you didn't, like, um, like, I don't know, someone was, like, you were in the loo, like, putting makeup on and a wig, and someone burst in, like, I'm dying for pain, or, like, oh, my God, and you were like, oh, you might as well know, this is me now, once a week. No. <laughs> oh, no, never. No, I remember I went to. I, I remember I went to a. Um, I went to one of a like a work party in full drag. This got me about eight years ago now. Uh, so I went to a work party in full drag. And at the time, my sister had uh, had like black hair. So I put this long black wig on that I bought. Like we're talking like a cheap like shape and go wig. Do you know what I mean? And I put on this like white dress, waterfall, and then hooker heels. But I still had them stripper heels. For some reason, they kind of like went with me everywhere for about four years. And I did my makeup and I went in there and I said to my mum, I said, how do I look? And she went, you look like your sister. She went, it's weird. She went, that you look like your sister. And that was it. <laughs> like, that, like, like, I don't think I ever had to come out of doing drag because I've been wearing makeup on stage for, since I was like 12 because I've been doing theatre that long. So it was just kind of, you know, I didn't, like coming home and eyeliner was like pink and like lipstick. From where you know you from stage makeup and like grease paint for that long that this is nothing different. You know, so that's about kind of your drag coming out. What, what would you say about general coming out? Well, yeah, that's slightly different. Uh, it wasn't difficult because if you can hear me and you have, if anyone's ever seen me perform or seen me walk, you know, it's definitely not a secret. It's not something you can hide very well because I'm quite an expressive individual. I was quite an expressive child. Uh, and let's, let's use the word expressive and artistic rather than gay child. Let's use that as a code word. But I think it's, it was less sad or funny or strange. It was awkward. My mother asked me outright over the dinner table. And I remember this clear as day. We had chicken dippers. I was 18, um, which is a quite old. I'd come, up, I'd come out to all my friends at like 13. And then I came out and then I, I was 18. And then this happened at 18. So I made to hide it as best I could or at least I say hide it I think my mother just kind of like was walking around with blinkers on for five years and she asked me outright she's like people are saying that yeah that you're gay is this true and of course I sat there in silence so I was thinking oh this is it and I should really be honest but I also feel like this is my moment I don't feel like I'm getting this kind of like full like soap opera coming out this full like you know teen like teen queen drama as it were so my sister then looked at my mum she went of course he is mum how stupid are you threw her knife down on her plate so hard it smashed and ran upstairs. Um, so that was my mum. And then when I went to university, I went to university at 21. My dad, who was like my biological father, who was pretty much absent for most of my life from age 13 on, he's now deceased, God rest his soul, but, but he wasn't. Uh, he messaged me on, he said, he added me on Facebook and I was, I was, I think I was 22. Yep, 22. And Facebook had only been out for like a year or so, I think. And my dad added me. And I was like, oh, it's my dad. Click accept. Shit. So, of course, I then unfriended him. And then I got a message from him saying, uh, hi, I don't know why you're unfriending me, but I just want to let you know I've always known and I always love you. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, we'll meet up soon and uh, we'll have a chat. And we never met up. And then he died. Uh, But it's all good. It was never like... Sad or like, it was just awkward ones for me. I'm quite an awkward person. You might better tell. Uh, but yeah, it's like I think they were just kind of That's really, really sad. Um, you obviously got your closure there, but it is kind of sad that you never got to meet up with him. Maybe that's why he messaged you. 
baby who knew. I mean, like, like we had phone calls and stuff. It's not like I went without. You know, like we got birthday cards and like you know, like a tenner in the post, like a tenner postal order in the post. Do you know what I mean? Um, and mm. like phone call and phone calls and letters used to face the class and stuff. Did we get it that? wasn't like yeah, and it was always like yeah, but it was always the um, it was always the have you got a boyfriend? No, okay. I was like, why are you so invested in my life? Like, because you've not been invested in my life for the past ten years. Why are you invested in my romantic life? Ask me how I'm doing in work or school or uni. That's the stuff I want here. Mm. So I don't think he knew that I did drag. And I don't know what he would have thought about it. He's my very staunch Polish family. Probably would have loved him, man. I did actually. Probably, he probably, you know, probably would have just got involved. Probably been like, you know, let me see pictures and stuff. And maybe he did Maybe he did know and we just didn't talk about it. Because actually we were friends on Facebook until when he died. So, and there were pictures of me on Facebook. Maybe he did know. I don't know. So it was like, it's not, it was like we, we never discussed. Well, who, who was it that threw the cutlery down and smashed the plate? Who was that? Did you say that was your my, sister? My sister. Yeah, my baby sister. Why was she angry or was she angry at your mum? No, I think she was just angry at the stupidity of my mother for, for, for even having the audacity oh. to ask that question. She like, you know, she was oh, kind of okay. like, you know, like, look at the boy dressed in the new romantic clothes with the pink lipstick on, moving <laughs> around in front of you, yeah. and tell me that you actually think that there's any question, silly woman. Yeah. My mother went to my stepdad. I forgot to tell you about Anthony. My stepdad went, went, is he gay? And she went, yes. And he was like, how do you know? And he went, are you gay? And so he the voice making extensions in his hair. I had <laughs> literally <laughs> £65 worth of new romantic socks extensions in my hair at 18. It's a 2003. <laughs> and I had a full, I mean, they would call it an emo fringe now, but it was like cut with a razor right across one eye and had like flashes of like electric blue in it. And I thought I was the shit, honestly. I thought I was so Wait a minute, in. wait a minute. You're the same age as me. What are you doing dressing like a new romantic? That's like 10 years before. You should be uh, dressing yeah, I was, like, I don't know, someone out of Aqua or something or Steph. Oh no, I was bringing it <laughs> back, seriously. I was oh, bringing you it was, back. You was retro, you was retro, oh. okay. <laughs> I had that hair. I had like the long. I was like, what was I wearing? I was wearing like white, like long white shirts with cuffs and um, and waistcoats. I'm sure there was a hat in it. I'm sure I've, I'm, I've still got it somewhere. Actually, I'm sure I've got a Chanel neckerchief somewhere that I used to wear. Honestly, God, I was jazzy. So we were having a having a bit of a, a scour of uh, Facebook and. Um test drives facebook page and you recently posted a video um that you made to celebrate pride month um can you talk can, can you talk yeah. to us about it um the idea I mean, or message behind um, it i can indeed but first and foremost did you enjoy it yes kaz hasn't seen it but i've i've, I've certainly seen it but yeah you know um I thought it was really good. Good message behind it, certainly. Thank you. So for me, I've always wanted to create something about reclaiming what makes you unique and what makes you beautiful. Uh, always wanted to do something like that. And I know that I've always wanted it to be set to a live vocal of Christina Aguilera is beautiful. Now, I am not Christina Aguilera. I can hold a tune, but there will be a bum note here and there. And there was in the video. And I'm not, you know, and I will keep that video up because it is, it is a representation of that moment and the emotion and how I was feeling at that time and how, you know, and where I was singing-wise, I was a bit choked up. Um, and, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you can hear that in my voice, you can hear the stress and you can hear the tone. But I always wanted it to be um, very, very real and very, very raw. When I uh, was putting it, when I was thinking about it, I would assume it'd be a solo piece and I'd assume it'd be live and I'd do it as one of my pieces in a venue and I'd do it something, you know, where I'm taking, like, the wig off. A bit like people do with I Am What I Am, they take the makeup off, take the wig off. Um, and do it for that. But uh, when we went into lockdown and people started posting some of these amazing shows, I don't know how many you've seen, but I'm watching all these like drag shows of people doing, and I've done a few myself, they're pretty much going to be dancing on my stairs and being a bit of an idiot. Uh, but you see people doing these beautifully cut videos where the artistry is so amazing. Um, and I knew it was time to do this, but not necessarily do it alone. I knew I wanted three things out of that. I knew I wanted it to be sung by me and only me, because I wanted the piece to show how I feel about myself, but also I wanted it to show a group of diverse people. And I knew I wanted them having words that they've been called, and I wanted them ripping them up. I, I knew I wanted that. So what I did was I reached out to my social medias to get buy-in from, from, from people. I get buy-in from people who it could be, one, beneficial for, but also to people who would be interested and brave enough, because, you know, they're putting their trust in someone they don't know for a few of them. You know, I had people send videos from America, like North and South America. I had people all over the UK send me videos to do this. 
Some people in that video are my friends, some people I've known for years, some people I've never, ever met. You know, these are people I've never met. And, and some of them I might never meet. But yeah, the bravery of these people to put their trust in me. They are my heroes. They are my heroes for, for doing this for me because it has created what I think is an absolutely beautiful piece. I mean, are there certain bits I wish I could change? Yeah, I, mean, I wish we had a more color diverse lineup. I reached out to communities, I reached out to a lot of my black and mixed ethnicity friends. Uh, and you know, a lot of my friends um, who had, like, who were friends with, for example, like black drag queens and, I wanted to make sure that it was like I had representation for different groups of people. Uh, and I think we got some representation. I just wish we had a little bit more. But unfortunately, with the time when the video needs to be, and a lot of people declined it when I asked them. And that's absolutely fine because they don't know me. They don't have their trust in me. And I get that. But yeah, like I'm happy with the video overall. I think that the message still stands. It's the reclamation of people's inner pride. It's about ripping up those negative words that people say to you and throwing them to fucking winds. And I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of the people who put, who submitted something to the video and were brave enough to say, I've been called this and I say no more and rip it up. Do you know what I mean? Good for them. Good for them. And yeah. That sounds really, uh, really positive. It is, until you hear me sit, hit, the, hit the first bum note in the song, which is literally the first fucking note in the song. But yeah, <laughs> it's good. Don't worry, Kaz, Kaz. I still cheer. I think I'd still cheer. I was going to say Kaz hits a bum note all the time. <laughs> you don't know that. You've never heard me. Anyway, guys, definitely check out that video. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash test drive UK. I think it's your top post at the minute. So if uh, guys can uh, check that out um, and you singing along to the song Beautiful by Christina Aguilera and uh, the video is called We Are Beautiful. So, uh, has your lockdown experience, how has it been um, not being able to perform, you know, in, in venues? What's been the best or the hardest thing about it for you? I mean, not being able to perform has been gutting, really. Uh, like, honestly, truly. I mean, we can all sit there and say, I've grown so much as a person, I've let's bake banana bread, I've let's blend eyeshadow. It's been gutting, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I was booked for yeah. four prides across the country. Four prides, that's, 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 that's three more than last year four prize uh which have all been cancelled obviously um like and june was gonna be one of my busiest months uh, i work full-time i have a full-time job which i've actually just been made redundant for during lockdown which is also terrible but i digress uh but you know i work full-time so june like fitting in the gigs about my day job hard, but i managed to do it i managed to get like all these gigs in and think i was like i'm gonna be so busy but I'm going to, you know, be able to touch all these people with my art, not with my hands, uh, you know, with like what I'm doing. And I had to, you know, I had to say, I was thinking I had, that as soon as you said it. I had to make sure, uh, you know, I was to not be able to perform in a live venue and not be able to vibe off the audience. It's been so hard. Like the online drag shows, I'm not, I, I'm assuming you've heard of Drag Eva Lockdown. They've done the news, they've been on the news and things. What they've yeah. done for the community is incredible. And I've been mm -hmm. fortunate enough to, to perform in the first lineup and also twice since then as well. Um, I know the organisers um, quite well. One of them is my drag sister, Arena, and uh, I know Paul quite well as well, and I've met Liam um, from Drag Eva Lockdown. Uh, they're all based in Western, which is obviously one of my, one of uh, very close to my heart. I've performed there um, quite a bit. Uh, so, but not being able to be out there, you know, performing and stuff has been hard. Performing on the platforms that, we've been, that have been created for us or that people have created as an alternative has been amazing. Like, it's been so creative and it's been so awe-inspiring and so humbling to watch, you know, being able to, like, I've been able to perform for people in America. People in Australia have been watching my videos, you know, and people wow. are going, oh, because the beauty of the internet is that no matter what you're doing, it can be seen by anyone. Now that's a double-edged sword, let's be fair. Uh, but it's mm. been amazing. It's been, you know, it's it's been truly humbling to be able to kind of look at and say, okay, where's everyone from? And you get, you know, Melbourne, Cincinnati, London. I had someone from like from Kuwait watching one of my shows, and I was like, ah, this is nuts. I mean, we had someone from like Scarborough as well, and that's lovely. But you know, um, and I'm looking, I think, oh my god, like this is insane. If only they'd tip a little bit more, that'd be lovely. But we digress. Um, <laughs> another thing that's been really, really great is the amount of different performers I've been able to work with. 
um, or that I've kind of been in shows with them. Like we've been on the lineup, we've all been in group chats, and we've been chatting, kicking. So I mean, like it's, I've fostered some great relationships with some people that I've really respected for a long time and learned, you know, what they think of my drag because you know we've all been sat there going, oh that was amazing, oh I like that, you know this that, you know this that and the other. I've made some really great relationships with some really really um, good, uh, some really really talented queens. For example, Gillatina Manta from Glasgow is someone I've known of for probably 10 years. And we were on the same lineup maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. And now she's like giving me tips on like how to contour my nose more effectively. And we're sat laughing at things, you know, on, on Instagram and on Facebook together. And I'm like, like, she writes a column for like gay magazines. Do you know what I mean, she's amazing. And she sat there chatting away to little old me. It's nuts. You know, I started some great, great relationships. I really do hope we carry on outside of lockdown. I hope we continue into some live shows I can get out to different parts around the country and do, because that would be really, really useful for me as an artist, but also special for me as a human being, having fostered these relationships. Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely given um, a lot of drag queens a good outlet during, uh, during the lockdown period. And... It seems like it's built a nice little community for everybody, um, certainly. I've seen some fantastic stuff. I've seen some really good um, stuff on all the LGBT, you want all of them. I've not seen them all, but a lot of, you know, Southwest pages. Um, mm. Some great stuff. And it surprised yeah. me, actually. Like how the Southwest has one of the um, best drag scenes in the country. I'm going to put that out there now. The Southwest has one of the uh, best, no, most diverse, most talented drag scenes in the country. And we get overlooked for the big cities. But I'm going to put it out here now is that we are diverse. You know what? Don't we for everything? Talented. Don't we yeah. for everything? Southwest for everything. We are amazing. We are. We are we pride. Are. We are everything. And the thing is, is that the community grows and grows. Uh, you know, we've got queens that are just starting out who are now really discovering who they want to be. I know you had uh, Miss Jam Tart on here recently. Um, I know that she came about obviously from doing uh, Drag Team Lockdown. Uh, she started to really kind of foster her own act and get her own following. Um, and she was chatting to me. I, I knew Miss Jam Tart before Miss Jam, you know, when she was doing bits and bobs here and there. Uh, and now that she's got like this, she's now doing a weekly thing with Drag Team Lockdown, which is amazing. Yeah. And I'm so yeah. proud of her. I think and let me I... tell you now, she messaged me she messaged me a week and a half ago and was at Babe Where did your lashes from? So I went and so I, showed, I told her where to go. It's that kind of community. I was at I was like, go and get these lashes, use this code, you'll get ten percent off, off your pop. And now she's got great new lashes, which are fantastic. It's you know, it's like sisters it's like sisters before misters. We are literally looking after each other because that's what you have to do. It yeah. is a sisterhood. Sisters, sisters are doing it for themselves, isn't they? Standing on their own two feet. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. I know with um, you know, I know with Jamie, it's given him a, given him a really good platform to start start from, you know, before he, you know, has a go at doing uh, venues etc. Properly, um, certainly. So having that support such there and base. guidance, you know, it's great. It's such a great base. It's such a great base because then you have this instant, you know, you have this instant platform that is going to help you and it's not like you're getting booed by an audience do you know what I mean I mean people on the internet can be cruel I've seen cruelness but thankfully Draggy the Lockdown is so well policed by people for any cruelties or any aggressions or anything like that that they you know they do step in and, and block people straight away because you'll always get idiots on the internet thankfully they've been really really good with that and as I said it's been a really really loving caring environment for people to grow their drag myself included I've been doing this ten, like I said it'll be 10 years next year and I'm still learning that certain outfits look shite on me. Do you know what I mean? And certain songs, I cannot hit certain <laughs> notes. I'm sat there trying to sing Ordinary Well by Duran Duran yesterday. Turns out I can't hit the high note. Very upsetting, because that would be my next piece. I know Kaz is going to give a bit of a go of it. She, she has a few issues with um, with the internet as well and getting banned from places, don't you, Kaz? Are you a troll, No, Kaz? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I'm not a troll. I'm, do you know what? If I am a troll, I'm on the right side, all right? <laughs> I take down the trolls. Okay, I'm a troll bloody master. Troll slayer. Yeah. Into, each I'm a troll into, slayer. Into, into each generation, one girl was born to slay the trolls. I'm Buffy. Yeah, Kaz, the tro- <laughs> Kaz the troll slayer. Coming soon on E4 yep. and Netflix. Exclusive. So uh, tell us a little bit about your plans for the future then. 
uh, you know, talking about post-lockdown restrictions being lifted. Post-lockdown, honestly, it feels like post-apocalyptic, doesn't it, at the moment? Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say at the moment, isn't it? Because I'm asthmatic, so I'm kind of really taking every day that comes at the moment. Like, they go, oh, 4th of July, we can all go to the pubs and that, so that'd be, like, the 10th for me. Then let's see, let's, let's give it a week, do you know what I mean? Um, like, I'm really kind of, like, taking everything with a pinch of salt because I keep thinking it's going to go back into lockdown, so it's pointless trying to enjoy yourself. I mean, the first thing I want to do once we get out of lockdown is just shift that lockdown weight that it's really that they've really helped me acquire. I've literally had cheese on toast for dinner tonight. And when I say cheese on toast, I mean I had four bits of it. Yeah, just because I'm like, oh, well, I'm not cooking anything today. Mm. I just said that. I mean, literally, I've just put on so much weight that I'm just grateful that most of my costumes are made up of a four-way stretch. Like, you know you've got it's fat when you have to go up a corset size and, like, and eBay are going, mm, you know, we've run out of the normal one. Do you want to try this one? And you're like, oh, crap. I actually think that four slices of cheese on toast for tea is, is pretty pretty damn good tea, actually. I've been working really hard up in my game when it comes to costumes, makeup and wigs because I've not been able to go out and piss. I've been able to spend money on more expensive costumes, more expensive wigs and more expensive makeup, which actually does make a difference. Who knew? But then, so once, you know, like, we're back in the land of the living, as it were, hopefully... I can get back on some stages. And hopefully, as I said earlier, using their new relationships, I can get on some new stages as well and really get seen by, you know, some different members of the public, the ones I'm normally used to. Not that I not that I don't want to see them because I love them and I miss them and I can't wait to see them. But, you know, let's get me around the country. Let's, you know, let's get me global. <laughs> maybe not global. Maybe just, na- maybe just national at the moment. Maybe just national. So talk, talking about uh, post-lockdown and, um, you know, getting back out there and performing and... Go into go into the venues, etc. Um, where can people normally find you perform? In my living room. No, uh, I'm kidding. I work between Exeter, Westminster Mayor, and Bristol usually. Uh, so, um, proud bar in Western is kind of where you can normally find me. Uh, I'm there usually once every once every month or so. Uh, Exeter um, and Bristol uh, is obviously my home. I do try and get try and work there a little bit. Pride, you'll normally see. I mean, hopefully uh, next year you'll be able to see me on the Pride visa. Uh, you'll be on the Pride circuit quite a bit. I do. You know, I've done gigs in London, Manchester, Cardiff, Plymouth, and Swansea as well. So there is, you know, there is opportunities for me to come down to Plymouth as well. I've got some great friends down there, and I'm hoping to get down there in after lockdown as well, trying to do some gigs. Uh, so hopefully you guys can, you know, you can come say hi, and come and see the madness. Okay, come and see what let me drive you insane once no, again unintended come say hi definitely if I can continue fostering these great relationships you probably truly can see me anywhere and everywhere in 2021 Western being like the main one because they um, they've always been very very good to me awesome we like a little bit of Western and Proud Bar certainly yeah. well that is that's, that's my favourite big shout out to Nigel who owns Proud Bar he is and um, he's been very, very good to me over, over the past year and a half. Um, what has been your favourite performance slash venue? Yeah, I would definitely say... Uh, can I have two, actually? Uh, I'm going to have two. Because Do you like? I'm, yeah. Because I'm, I'm talking. I'm holding the mic, so I'm... No, um, <laughs> Proud Bar in Western. Proud Bar in Western is definitely my favorite, one of my favourite venues. Um, it's always been super accepting, super loving, super fun to perform at. So, you know, Nigel, who, who owns it, has been checking in with me during lockdown. Um, he's super sweet and honestly he's always always had my back um, and I can't wait to get back there and see everyone seriously but if I had to top Proud Bar in Western in 2018 I got to it the Drag Idol semi-final so the Drag Idol UK was one of the semi-finalists and I got to perform at the Royal Boxes Tavern oh, wow, which yeah. is an absolute dream like I think every drag performer wants an opportunity to get on the RBT stage like it's like legendary it's burst legends in our community so I was so so grateful to get the opportunity because it's not every day you can just go oh what you perform what are you performing tonight oh just at the RBT like what okay like little boys from that small town gets to perform on like like the drag stage in London like one of the biggest ones and one of the longest running ones and probably one, one of the ones that's only still bloody open now that they've closed half the other ones in London yeah it is a bit of a it is a bit of a struggle isn't it I think uh, it's mm. going to be a little even more difficult um you know, when we fully get out of lockdown and see about the amount of places that have been impacted by uh, 
behind lockdown yeah. itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing so many. I'm seeing so many of them now turn around and say, "Oh, you know, we're opening July the fourth. Please come in. Please bring a mask. Please be social distancing." Yeah. You know, and these places are, you know, especially for me, the gay bars, like the ones in Bristol, the ones in Exeter, the ones in Western, um, you know, Plymouth as well. Cause I've got friends who depend on them, um, and. Um, you know, the ones in London, I went to university in London. I'm originally from London before I moved to the southwest. You know, so for me, those places uh, and any gay venue, to be fair, is uh, is a huge deal for me. They are safe spaces and I really just want to see them thrive. I want to see them thrive again because they are our safe space to be who we are. And, you know, without fear of violence and without fear of being made fun of, without fear of haunts and stuff that we're all so used to so I'm really really hoping that those venues once we get our lockdown really not just survive but they begin to thrive again I really really hope that that happens so I'm, I'm interested to know what is the best or strangest reaction that you've had to one of your shows oh god this is going to be proper cringy now isn't it I should really apologise to my mother first if she ever hears this um, I took someone home with me after the show I did why I mean, does that count as best reaction or strangest does it count as both I don't know I think it could uh, be your best best one it, it <laughs> depends how the night went I guess okay as in, as in I took someone home with me like they didn't come in for coffee but yeah I mean I don't know like I just think, you know, when I take the makeup off, I think it was definitely one of the strangest, one of the strangest, I was still in makeup, like still in oh, full makeup, yeah. full outfit. I never, I never thought of that, actually. Yeah, like, they got, like, they literally got Victor Victoria, do you know what I mean? Do they, um, uh, do you get many, do you get many guys chatting you up because you're in drag? Because they like the drag, they like men in women's clothes or I get guys chat me up because I'm beautiful uh, no I don't I mean I don't I try not I, I mean I have pulled in drag. I've had a couple of snorts and stuff in drag but that's literally like when you're, when you're drunk and it's like oh you know but I'm, you know, in for a penny and for a pound mm. but I don't normally go in for a penny and for a pounding for want of a better word um, so um, I tend to kind of like reserve that and be like no I'm, I'm one of those I do try and get out of drag I do the show and I get out of drag like pretty sharpish like I'll yeah. stick around like half hour to an hour for photos and then I'm out of drag I would rather people saw me out of drag and also that I can mingle around people and kind of hear what they're saying about the show without knowing it's me because people tend to not know it's me. Yeah, Once yeah. Love, it's great. Until I open my mouth and I've got a very, very distinct voice. That's a good point, um, actually, isn't it? It sounds, it kind of sounds a little bit like entrapment. Are you like taking your, your shit off and then going around and going, what did you think of that then? And then you're listening yeah. to people slag it off and then you're like, right, that's it. I ain't happy with it. Do you do that? That's exactly what happened. I think you get some. <laughs> I think you get a lot of non non biased uh, responses, though, don't you? I think that'd be quite interesting uh, to do. Yeah, I do. I, I did it before, and then literally, I looked at someone once. And they were like, "Oh, they were like, did you see the drag queen?" I went, "No, were they any good?" And they went, "Yeah, really good." And they looked at me, and then they, you know, when kind of someone kind of looks and then kind of the mist clears, yeah. and they're like, "Oh my god, it's you, isn't it?" I was like, ah, "Yeah, it is me." And they were like, ah, "Oh bloody hell, you should have said." I was like, "Well, I'm telling you now, like." <laughs> um, okay, um, well, would you like to give yourself a big old plug here and tell us about your socials? If you want to find out more about me and see more of my shows and look, some of my singing, and just be part of the best drive of your life, then you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Test Drive UK. That's T E S S D R I B E UK. Test Drive UK. Say it again Test Drive UK. Love it. That's, that was That's like a proper advert, that was. Tell you what, yeah. Say it again. Test drive. <laughs> you can. It was lovely chatting to you today, and uh, it'd be great to watch you online. And uh, hopefully, when all this madness is over, seeing you live in your venues. Oh, thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting to you guys as well. I'm now going to go do the glamorous, the glamorous task of putting my recycling out. Yay! The glamour. That was uh, Test Drive, otherwise known as Anthony Mackay Brown. You can check out The Chris and Cash Show by visiting thechrisandcashshow.co.uk.